Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my co-host, Kate. Hello, Kate. Hey, Wynne. And today we have, we're honoured to be joined with Deborah Barron. Deborah and I have known each other now coming up to, well, four years ago, actually, just about four years ago last month is when we had our first Zoom call. And then we got to know each other when you went on Michael Little Supercoach mm-hmm. in the tail end of 2018 into 19. And I've been fortunate to have many conversations with you since over the last few years. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so one question that we love to ask guests is for anyone who doesn't know you, what would you want them to know about you? Huh. <laughs> you stumped me. What would I want people to know about me? Well, the thing that's coming to mind is that I love life and I never have regrets. Been able to live my whole life without ever feeling like I should have, or I always kind of feel like if it ended today, I'd feel really blessed. Mm. Yeah. And you had a thought about what you'd love to, to share with us all today. Sure. Well, we were, we were, uh, I, I'm very, I'm very bad at sort of like concealing the background conversations. So we were talking before about what's been on my mind lately around listening to mind, listening to the universe, listening to God, you know, whatever it is you call it. And what happens when we can really do that and hear. And, and it's just been amazing to me how some things are so, so, so easy. Absolutely effortless to show up and just do what makes sense in the moment. And, and it doesn't preclude us from having things we want that feel difficult or challenging or like they're taking a long time. At least it doesn't preclude it for me. But I've just been so amazed lately at the number of things that are showing up effortless. I had the craziest thing happen to me last Friday. And it feel it felt like, I mean, for me, I use the word God. So I hope people don't mind because that's just a really comfortable word for me. I felt like it was a message from God. Like, remember, I can make everything really, really easy. So I got up in the morning and I was just thinking about my day and I knew I wanted to go to the grocery store. And this person popped into my head that I hadn't seen in about three years. And I was like, oh, I wonder how he's doing. I wonder if I'm going to run into him today. And as I was leaving Whole Foods, there he was sitting in his car in the parking lot. And it just felt like, oh, my God, like it was so nice to see him. And it felt like God telling me, you know, when you sit back and you let me do my thing, it's super easy for me. And all you ever need to do is show up and follow that. 
What do you guys think? <laughs> well, the story of that thinking of somebody and them then appearing somehow moments later. Yeah, it, it happened to be again this week where I was thinking of someone. Oh, wait. I haven't heard from her for a while and I haven't contacted her for a while. And literally as that thought was done, ping WhatsApp voice memo. And also, you know, for me, it bigger than that, not only the nudges of whether we call it intuition or we call it something else at play, what you said about it's easy for me to do my job when you get out of the way is one way of paraphrasing what you just said. I know it's true and my ego hates it. Your ego hates it. My ego says, no, I want something to do. I want to be in charge. My ego hates it. Yeah. My ego wants things to do. My ego wants things to fix. So I have a friend who's very religious Christian and I'm Jewish and we both have very absolutely identical experiences of listening to God and trusting God. She just calls it Jesus. And it's just not a word that has, has the same meaning to me, but she sent me a interview of a guy recently who just wrote a book. And I don't know if you call him evangelical or I don't know what you'd call him, but he's he's Christian and what he and he's a policeman. And he go he teaches people how to listen to their true identity as opposed to the identity that they think they're supposed to have in the world. Have you heard of this guy? Does it ring a bell or you just get no, the idea? but I know the notion. Yeah. Yeah. So she sent me the interview and the guy just wrote a book. And, and so I bought the book. It's a very interesting experience to read a book that says Christ and Jesus all through it and to flip the words in my head to a word that I'm comfortable with. And yet I can completely do it, which is also sort of interesting. But anyway, Reading just the, all I did was read the introduction to the book. And he, and he was talking about asking somebody, when you close your eyes and you let the expectations of the world fall away, what is the message that you hear? What is your true identity that shows up? And to me, in hearing that, there becomes a lot to do. You know what I mean? I do. And it's a very different me that does the doing from there. In what I think. In my, my way of using the, those words or that notion. Um... Yeah. And that's one that I will, I'm pretty sure forever learn more about and bump up against the other. What I, the word I used earlier on about the ego the part of me that wants to be in the driver's seat and not to surrender to knowing that that part of me is not in charge of the universe. Hmm. And for me, it, I have to, it feels like a relief. Isn't that? Oh, 
no, that's true for me too. (laughs) All of me would say, oh, that's such a relief. And then there's this gnawing voice that says, what about me? The ego. Now it's not that scary a voice, right? (laughs) But sometimes it will appear that way. And the notion of, or the, the not taking that voice so seriously has made a massive difference to me. I want to hear what Kate says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lately, I've been reading um, a bunch of stuff about the self, this kind of idea of who we think we are, yeah, that we've created that doesn't really exist, but it's so tightly wound into who we think we are, you know, before we start to see something different. And like when said, like, okay, let's say it's the ego, right? A lot of people will use the ego for that, that voice inside. But I'm starting to, in my life, catch on to that and not just go with it and not really believe what it's saying. And for now, when I catch on, which is not every time, Coming back to a place where I don't have any clue, like nothing, like I know nothing about timing and I don't, I don't know anything about what I'm capable of. And I don't know how, all the hows or the whys that, you know, like if I can, if I come back to a place where I know there's something bigger than me. I sense it. And remembering that I don't really know. I'm starting to just love that space more and more when I catch on. Can I ask you a question? Oh, yeah. Because in reading the intro to this book, I remembered that I'm that there there are the some consistent messages that I feel like I've been getting my whole life. Mm-hmm. Do you have those? I feel like my messages come in a hindsight. Mm-hmm. Like things that for me, I find myself doing without thought, without a, uh, a decision. I just find myself doing them and they're done. And I look back, I'm like, how do I know to do that? Like, there are just things that I seem to have done. Having, like, I can tell myself I made the decision to do them, right? And I executed them (laughs) physically. Like, I know that. But there are these pivotal times where I saw myself having done something and it changed the trajectory of my life in ways that I just can't, I know it was not me. Mm. Kate, the, the ego, the brain, right? The, the intellect. I know it. I know it. And it's changed everything. And I can come up with a story about how I followed my, you know, whatever, you know, the story. But I don't know if that's true. Yeah, it's cool. 
changed everything. And it's, and it feels like what you were saying, like, it's so easy. <laughs> so easy. I was thinking back, I, I, um, I was, I just joined the board of 3PGC. And it really means a lot to me to be contributing to that organization. And I was thinking about how it happened. Like, what was that pivotal moment? And it was, I, you know, it was like, I went to a conference and I met somebody that was sitting behind me and I talked to them. And then they asked me to join a discussion group after the conference. And then I met some other people and meeting those other people, like, you know, led me on the path. And it's like, yeah, like all I did was turn around in my seat and say, hi, what's your name? <laughs> Crazy. Or common. Right. Both. Common. <laughs> it is remarkable, isn't it? The little steps that led all of our lives to where we are right now. And all the things that have just played out that way. And I look back at that and all those things were not the plan that I expected it at how to play out. And I remember doing an exercise with, I can't remember. And it was think of the best things that happened last year and how many of them. And then we'd we'd do it. And then the next question was after we'd figured out the, you know, the best three things that happened last year, how many of those were in our New Year's resolutions? None. And not one person out of a group of 60 had anything that, yeah, none of that. None of that. Those little moments just it's amazing how things unfold. Yeah, there's, there's a concept in Judaism about that. I can't remember the details, but it's basically just the idea that in any moment, everything starts, anything starts. It's a moment. <laughs> the power of a moment, <laughs> a breath. And yet I do have these things that when I, when I stopped and I wondered about my identity. Mm. I had these themes that I can identify over the years that have always been there, always been there. And it just made me curious about them. No matter what context I'm in, certain things show up. Like what, Deborah? Like I've met, so my sister, is a therapist. And I remember having a conversation a long time ago with her about why would you want, I was in, um, you know, I was like rising through the ranks of organizational management. And I felt like I could have so much influence in, in changing the world, so to speak, from a 10,000 foot view. And I asked her, why would you, why do you want to stay a therapist when you could be like running the department? And she could just kind of said to me, like, that's not what I do. I sit and I talk to people one by one. And, and here I am as a coach. And there's definitely a part of me that's always had a calling 
to help people get comfortable in their own skin and, and find their maximum potential in that space. So that's kind of like one of my, when I sit back and I think about like, what's one of my callings that's always been there in, in every job and in every context. And, and yet the other one is to, to keep climbing up my perspective until I have the 10,000 foot view or the 100,000 foot view and to create impact from that place. How do I change the world from a, yeah, I don't know any other way to put it, from a 100,000 foot view and one person at a time. But I've always been kind of called to say, what's the bigger picture and how can we make it an even bigger picture? It's just crazy to think that, that I over and over and over again. What do you make of you having those attributes? A calling from God. Mm. That's what it feels like. Yeah. I had lunch with a woman last week or the week before, and she's a local historian, hobby. And her grandparents were co-founders of the synagogue that my grandparents were co-founders of. And she spent the last five or six years researching the history of the community of the synagogue. And she's also on the board of um, the um, uh, Hebrew Cemetery and Burial Association locally, which um, we've got like 135 little Jewish cemeteries in southwestern Pennsylvania. And they keep taking more and more of them under management. And I was telling her in, in my last job, there were there are two things that I'm super, super proud of. I mean, lots of things I'm proud of. And one of them is reviving this organization so that it can take care of these cemeteries. And I didn't do it alone. I did it with a whole ton of people. But I led the charge. And I feel so proud of that to take care of our ancestors. And, and, and then I did this other really huge thing. For I was there for 14 years and week one of being there, somebody called a meeting to say, what are we gonna do with this low income senior housing building? It's losing money and it's not serving our seniors the way we want to. And it took us 14 years. And again, not alone with hundreds of people helping. When I left there, we broke ground on an $18 million renovation for, for this building. It's, yeah, it's just a, it's a calling. It's showing up and responding what to, sh to what shows up. It's doing what makes sense in the moment. And it's not having a time frame attached to it. It's, it's the wanting, the holding out of possibility without being tied to the outcome. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool that I can do stuff like that. I can do stuff like that. <laughs> Very cool. And, and it's not like I'm, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not special or unique, but I'm, but that's my I'm only unique in hearing the voice that says, go do this, call this meeting, hold this out as possible. 
That's it. Which makes us all the same. Deborah, if you were talking with someone who didn't really have a sense of that voice, that in their minds they had never really heard that before and didn't really have an experience of following that ever, like in their mind, how would you explain that to them in a way that I think people who haven't had that experience yet might be able to recognize it should it show up in their experience? Well, I'm yet to find someone who doesn't recognize it in any area of their life. Mm. I haven't run across that person yet. My son is, my son got it when I used a sports analogy. So he, he, I'll go so far as to say he doesn't see it in work. And when I talk to him about playing basketball and being in the flow and showing up without thinking and doing what makes sense in the moment and the power of, I mean, he, he totally, totally gets that you can't intellectualize basketball. (laughs) So in that moment, he knew he'd experienced it. He just hasn't experienced it in all of his experiences. I have another client who is a musician and an artist, an artist in his work, and didn't see it so much in the artistry of his work, but saw it in his experience as a musician. So I don't know how I'd explain it to somebody who would say they've never experienced it, but I haven't found that person yet. What's your experience with explaining it? Yeah, I can't. I can't think of a time that that's ever happened either. That there's not some... You know, with with enough time being present with someone that they haven't been able to see that for themselves. I mean, maybe it's some pointing or some, you know, in that direction kind of thing. And then it's like, oh, but it's so common sense and it's so part of our experience that it and so common, like we talked about, that we're very quick to our little minds to kind of explain it away as if it's not the most awesome thing that happens to us, you know? This author was telling a story of um, meeting a kid who was in middle school who was getting in trouble all the time. And somebody asked him to go talk to this kid. And he sat down and was talking to the kid. And, and I don't, he, he, he got to a place where he asked the kid, like, who are you? True, like, who, what's your true identity? Like, what, what are you in the real you? 
And this middle school age kid blurted out, I didn't say he was a musician, but it was something related to music. Like I, I, I understand music theory or I'm a music theorist or I study music theory, something like that. It was the first time he'd ever said that in his life. And so they got him into a music theory program and he went from being getting in trouble all the time to being like the greatest kid who, you know, had people proud of him and who, who had never heard people say they were proud of him before. Just in just a moment of like settling down and having someone ask. incredible story you know something i often hear from people and i'm pretty sure i've done this too when things are in flow and we notice that there are aspects of our life that is just effortless and we're really good at it that sometimes we attribute the being good at it or the fact that we're in flow about the act as opposed to the internal, another way. Oh yeah, but that's, of course that's easy. Of course I'd find it easy. It's easy. It is inherently easy. They were, of course they'd be flowing that part of my life, but here, oh no, that requires effort, striving. And I, I don't mean just effort, I mean hard work and striving. And I just find that interesting to then take a look at as to what is inherently different in either of these two parts of life. Because, well, it might have nothing to do with that. Because the number of times I've, I've heard people who are juggling different parts of their life, being a parent, having a full-time job, having a side hustle. And I, I can think of three people right now in my mind that are, that have those three things going on. And each of them finds flow in the three in different ways. One finds flow as a parent, one finds flow in the full-time job, one has flow in the side hustle. Mm. And I just find that fascinating to notice. Well, yeah, where does flow come from? That's the great question. You know, it's funny what just popped into my head because I have flow with numbers. It's 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 nothing to me to look at a budget or a or or a balance sheet or a cash flow statement. Like they're just numbers. They mean what they are. (laughs) And yet, yet, with the other things flashing in my head, is the hours and hours and hours that my dad spent with me in middle school, helping me get comfortable with algebra. Mm. it wasn't like i just showed up for eighth grade algebra and felt in flow i i couldn't have felt more out of flow Mm. and i worked at it and worked at it and worked at it and he helped me and he helped me and helped me and then somewhere along the line it, it 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 was almost like it clicked and it became easy 
I don't know what that says about fall. You know, I guess it's kind of like um, my son in basketball too. If he has spent hours and hours and hours shooting baskets, would he feel less or more in flow if he wasn't as skilled? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I guess, it's, I guess there is some intersection of intellect and non-intellect. And then what's the impact of either or both on performance? Right. Yeah. It's a wonderful inquiry, isn't it? It's a wonderful question to ponder into. Yeah. Well, and then the next thing that just popped into my head is like Albert Einstein couldn't have discovered the theory of relativity without intellect and couldn't have discovered it without flow or mind or... Mm. Yeah, because that was a man who used to run thought experiments because there wasn't anything that he could experiment on to see how his notions would work. He had to do it in his own mind. It's a remarkable um, capacity that we as humans have. Yeah. I was just listening to something. I think it was a podcast. And someone said that wisdom meets every life experience. Now, whether we can hear it or not, or sense it or not, or go with it or not, kind of depends on how busy, you know, we are. But it doesn't mean that wisdom isn't meeting that in some way, whether it uses the intellect or not, it's still meeting it. I was telling Wynne recently how um, wisdom has been finding me lately through my family members when my mind is too busy to hear. Mm-hmm. So if I, I'm caught up and all of a sudden my husband will say something, be like, oh, that's right. Or my daughter will say something, oh, that's right. <laughs> I love that. Deborah, I remember a few months ago that you you said to me that you had an intention and you got a favor to ask the universe, God. I don't know if you remember that and whether you're willing to talk about that. That I wanted God to speak more loudly. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's what's happening. I think when these things are clicking in, it's like, Well, there you are. That's so cool. And then it it makes me wonder about the things I'm striving for that feel effortful. What is it about those things that God knows better than me? I think I want something. It's not coming out the way I had hoped or planned. What is it that God knows better than me? What does God have in mind? And then these other things show up. This puppy showed up in the craziest way. I, I was I was flipping through my Facebook feed one day, and I mean, yes, I was I'm on some sites of this breed of dog, so it's not like crazy that the algorithm found me. But this breeder that I had met in 2017 just showed up in my feed. 
And I called her and she had puppies that she thought were all spoken for, but she thought one or two might fall through. And all of a sudden she had Leo for me. And he's such a baby doll. And, and one of the things that I've had on my dream list for a long time is to do, do agility training with a dog. And I've had him for three weeks and it's amazing how many things he's learned to do so far. He's eager and excited and sweet and he found me. And he's taking up a lot of time, <laughs> you know? like oh cool and this board position like found me it it, it just it's just yeah those things just feel so I don't know if I'd call them loud but they feel clear Mm -hmm. so clear and then it just makes me wonder like what about all these other things I'm holding out there why is it that you don't want them for me, at least right now? You, you made my old friend show up in, in an instant. <laughs> so it just makes me curious. And, and holding on to my, I got, you know, I mean, we all have beliefs. I assume we all have beliefs that we have trouble letting go of. Some I've let go of so easily and others just, they're just there. So, you know, they've been there for, I see them. But it definitely kind of like loosens the reins on them a little bit. I sure have been carrying that around for a long time. Maybe I can just hold it more loosely. Beautiful. Hmm. So if people wanted to know more about you or get to know you more, how would they find you? Well, I have a website that I'm really proud of. It's deborahbaron.com. And I have a little publication that I run on Medium that's for uh, any writers that are writing in a three principles exploration, let's call it called less stress more success you can find my writing there along with lots of other people's writings yeah those probably the best two ways to find me come knock on my front door but i might get suspicious why you're doing that yeah (laughs) or they might find you in a a puppy training agility class exactly yes we start on july 9th we're going to do one cool yeah any final words for for the person listening to you today? Enjoy the journey. Keep wondering. Listen to the voice. Let your identity shine through. Let go of the shoulds to the best that you can. Put one foot in front of the other. See where it lands you. Don't have regrets. Deborah, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It's always so good to hang out with both of you. I just loved every minute. Us too.
And thanks, Wen. Thanks for being here too. Thank you, Kate. You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts. I'm here with Wynn Morgan and Deborah Barron. If you have any questions or ideas for topics or would like to chat, our details follow the podcast. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.